And now, streaming live from Chicago, Illinois, it's the comedy show with a podcasting habit, Starlight Radio Dreams! Tonight's episode is Season 5, Episode 8, June is Busting Out of Your Pants. Featuring Moustier Boulevard, the Uppington Parish Summer Special, Camp Placeholder Time Travel Camp, Beyond Perception, Hearts of Dark Lord, and Chekhov's Date. Now, here is your host, owner of the world's largest collection of jogging fesses, Burlington Showtime! Welcome everyone, good evening, good evening, and welcome to another amazing show from the team here at Starlight Radio Dreams. I am pleased to once again be coming to you from my home here in Chicago. That's why I don't show up on any of those star maps that tourists can buy, they just don't do that around here. I'm still ready to be mad in the event that people start mobbing the front lawn with their long lenses, though, so if you know any paparazzi, you just let them know. Stay away from the blue house two doors down from the old picture house in Lake Water. Being that I am a classic hero of the silver screen, I do still dress the part every day, as those of you who are regulars here will know. This trusty smoking jacket is a second skin to me. However, it has been suggested that it might be time to... What is the word that Miss O'Danaher used? Rebrand. Now, call me a stick in the old fuddy-duddy, but I see no reason to change something that has worked for me since the war. That said... There are a few things more important than being memorable, so I asked what the team suggested for me. Are you all familiar with track suits? I was not, but let me assure you that while suit is in the name, they are anything but. And for a man of my stature, I need something with more... Gravitas. That's when they suggested a fully sculpted bodysuit made out of lycra and CGI. You know, to ride the superhero zeitgeist. I feel as though if I start wearing something new, I am less likely to be work to have an erstwhile cinephile point across the street and shout, Ah! That's Burlington Showtime! And then turn to the person next to them and explain who I am. Now, now is that, uh, now, is that the sort of thing that happens every day? No. But is it the sort of thing that happens every once in a blue moon, reminding me of my former greatness and lifting my spirits just a little bit, helping me feel a little more connected to this strange modern world? Also, no. No one has any taste anymore, that's all. Speaking of taste, no one thinks about how their jacket will look in black and white anymore, and that's to their detriment. The team here has put, uh, tried to put me in a blue jacket with red stripes, and I told them that it would all look the same color on camera, and they did not believe me, which is too bad because the only other thing that I could think to say was it's ugly. So, for now, I remain the same old Burlington Showtime, but that doesn't mean that I can't change. Later in the show, I might just take off my jacket. It is the summer after all. The season of light clothes, making deals with yourself over when to turn on the AC, and special episodes from longtime favorite series, like this one, from the modern classic Uppington Parish. This July 4th, celebrate monarchial rule with the Uppington Parish Summer Special, The Princess and the Pauper. For the next two weeks, Uppington Parish shall pay host to her ladyship, the Baroness of Norsex. The old princess herself, eh? None of that. We are representing the fellow's family, the owners of Uppington Parish. No matter her reputation, we are to extend the Baroness our utmost polity and servility. Ah, Master Fellows, I did not see you standing there. Sir, have you anything to add? <laughs> An excellent point, sir. Your best behaviour. This summer, an idealistic young chimney sweep. Ah, what I wouldn't give to live a life like hers. And an independent young baroness. Welcome to Uppington Parish, Baroness. <laughs> Are about to have their worlds turned upside down. Have you seen the baroness yet? I fear not. 
I think you'll find she's quite familiar. Familiar? One longs for the good life. They look exactly alike. The other longs for freedom. Have you heard the rumours about her, Speroness? <laughs> oh, yes. I don't see the resemblance either. So they decided to spend one day. Baroness, your presence has been requested in the garden. Coming in each other's shoes. Now, I'm going to have to teach you how to behave like a commoner, Baroness. <coughs> oh, I fear I shall never pass for a proper lady, Baroness. But I shall do my best. Inspired by real architecture. Julie, I must say, your chimney sweepery seems to be suffering lately. <coughs> oh my, have you been taking elocution lessons, Julie? Prepare for a return to love. Presenting the Earl of Westfolk. He's the Baroness's fiancé! A return to charm. How do you do, Earl? <laughs> oh my! And a return to challenge. My lady, I can't marry the Earl in your place. <laughs> I know it's not fair, but this is the hand you've been dealt. You're simply not as free as we commoners are. <laughs> oh, of course. I'll sweep out your chimney right away. How far will one person go to stand up for what's right? Julie, I don't care how well-spoken you've become lately. If you don't clean those dead badges out of that chimney today, I shall hand you your walking papers. <laughs> you've brought this on yourself, Julie. And how far will one idealistic young chimney sweep go to help a friend? I. Julia, uh, the Baroness of Northsex. <laughs> Take the Earl of Westfolk. Find out this July 4th on the Uppington Parish Summer Special The Princess and the Pauper. That was great. What a treat to hear such elocution again. I'm told that the studio had to use old recordings of the Queen to help the cast master the dialect. It is masterful, and I would know. Now, I know I mentioned that I might take off my smoking jacket, but I must confess to something of a wardrobe malfunction. Fortunately for my modesty and your eyes, it is the opposite of the wardrobe malfunctions that tend to, people, to make people notable on the internet, which I suppose is... Unfortunate for our numbers, since we are an internet thing. Regardless, it made me wonder if there are any hilarious stories of wardrobe malfunction that any of you would like to share. So, if you've got one that you're willing to tell us, go ahead and leave it in the chat, and let us all revel in the togetherness of vicarious mortification. Ah, and on the topic of mortification, it's got mort in it, which means death, and... This next piece is all about fighting against a dark, deadly fantasy bad guy. How's that for sticking the landing? This piece will leave you ready to mount your own epic journey to beat the odds and fight for the things you love and believe in. Or at the very least, it will make you wonder if your elf ears will cause trouble during glasses fittings at the optometrist. This is Hearts of the Dark Lord. was lost, now is known. Late in the Third Age, the Dark Lord sent his armies against the peoples of the free world. A last alliance of mortals and elves was formed to stand against this evil. At the Great Council, King Elfmirian created a fellowship of four heroes, who, working in secret, would deliver a weapon of great power into the heart of the Dark Lord's realm, to destroy it. Today, those heroes' names are carved into eternity. Holofern, son of Hologram, 
the neoliberal incrementalist, Ethereum of Glorophyll Glade, the crypto-fascist, Gramsci Markenshield, the radical anarcho-communist, and the very halfling who found the Dark Lord's secret weapon, Boo Boo Underfoot, the gormless centrist. On the first day of August, in the year of the blue trees, Hollowfern, son of Hologram, called together the first meeting of his team. A recording crew was sent to observe their actions. This is their story. Ah, there you are. Welcome, welcome. I'm Holofern, son of Hologram, and you are about to witness history. Through this door, we are holding the first ever official meeting of the Alliance Secret Task Force. You know, that's just how my dad raised me. Uh, people get what they earn in this life. That makes sense. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. There he is. Ethereum. Holofern, you human scum, come here. <laughs> You two seem to know each other rather well. Very good, Gramsci. Etherian and I go way back. As soon as the Council said yes to this project, I knew I'd have to get Etherian on board. And does Etherian have any qualifications besides being your buddy? I'm uncomfortable right now. Well, let's, uh, let's all relax. I've got a bit of an introduction for you all, explain what exactly we are going to be doing, and then we can get to know each other a little better. And uh, who are all these people? Oh, they're a recording crew for posterity. Sounds important. Oh, it is, it is. Anyway, so I imagine you're all aware that the Dark Lord of Karnok has sent out his orcish armies, making war against the peoples of the free world. Damned orcs. Damned Dark Lord. I don't know what those things are. Right. So an alliance has been formed between the human republic of Valinar, the elvish kingdom of Elfmerian, and the, um... Dwarven Commune. The Commune of Dasmodar. Right. Thank you, Gramsci. And who's this little guy? I'm Boo Boo Underfoot. Yeah, cool. And who, uh, what, where, um, what is your, where, where are you, what's your, where are you from? The halflings live far to the west. Halfling. Mm. I have no fucking clue what I'm doing here. Right. Yes, so, Boo Boo there stumbled upon a magical artifact, a weapon of the enemy. Bring forth the book, Boo Boo. It's, I mean... It's right here. I don't really know how I can bring it forth. Okay. Okay. This book is a weapon forged by the Dark Lord. Using it, he will have the power to dominate all of the free peoples of the world. What? For serious? Yes. Well, why didn't anyone tell me? Well, we're telling you now. I have no fucking clue how I got caught up in all this. So what's the plan? Right. So my plan is to take this weapon of the enemy into Karnok, into the heart of the Dark Lord's realm. What, to give it back to him? What? You always do this, Holofern. What, you think the Dark Lord is going to be your pal once you give him back his weapon of mass destruction? No! You remember that one time we were out hunting and that wyvern attacked us? Yes. And you decided it was because we took her eggs. It was. So we returned the eggs and she just kept right on attacking us. Well... Yes, but... Do you think the orcs are going to start writing you fan letters just because you give them back their doomsday weapon? Or do you think they're going to shit on your head and then just eat their own damn eggs an hour later? But those were wyverns. Animals. Orcs are people. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, yes, orcs are people, yes. My point is, it's the Dark Lord who's commanding this illegal military action, yes? Not the orcs. They're still doing the fighting. And let's not forget that the Third Alliance fomented the reactionary coup in Karnak 30 years ago. Here we go. That installed the Dark Lord in the first place. So we should just give him his mass murder weapon back? That's not... No, we are going to destroy it. Oh. We are going to carry it into the depths of the Mount of Fire. It was forged in some kind of magical fire thingy place, and we have to bring it back there to destroy it. Ah. So we're, you know, not going to use it. We don't know how. It's written in some weird orc language. A 
And we don't know anyone that reads Orcish. No. Mm. I mean, do orcs even have a written language? He just told us about the book. Yeah, okay, buddy. What does that mean? I think we're getting a little off topic here. I'm sorry, my point is, I can't help noticing that we're discussing the fate of a nation, and none of that nation's people are here to partake in that discussion. You want to have a circle jerk with some orcs now? Holofant. If we're sneaking into the Dark Lord's realm anyway, I say we foment some rebellion while we're there. My cousin, Baldrick Engelshield, has been working with Orcish community outreach centers for two years now, coalition building. There might already be revolutionary cells active in Karnak. We could offer them aid, weapons even. Oh, now suddenly you like fomenting rebellions. Workers' rebellions, yes! This is why you never bring a dwarf to the table. I think we should respect the sovereignty of Carnock's borders. Respect them! So, have we ruled out using this weapon? Using it normalizes it. It leads to escalation. It leads to wiping out all the orcs. Wiping out all the orcs! I don't think we need to do anything quite that extreme. The Dark Lord's realm has compulsory service for anyone over the age of 16. They don't all want to fight. They can't. Let's get in there and gauge the political temperature. You ever notice how orc and dwarf sound a lot alike? Okay, okay. I think we're hearing a lot of valid points here. Perhaps we can find some sort of middle ground between fermenting an orcish rebellion and wiping out all the orcs. Like wiping out half the orcs? There we go. That's reasonable, isn't it? No! We shouldn't wipe out any orcs! We're at war with them, genius. We're at war with the Dark Lord. Do you agree with everything King Elfamirian says and does? Fuck no, of course not. The elvish deep state is trying- So why should we assume the orcs all agree with whatever the Dark Lord says or does? Wait a minute, I have a solution. Boo-boo Underfoot, this weapon came to you. You've heard what we all have to say. What do you think? I think that the Dark Lord is bad. (sighs) Well, he is, isn't he? Yes. But what are we going to do about it? Well, has anyone tried asking him to stop? Yes, Boo-Boo, we've tried asking him to stop. And what did he say? He annexed Rohirland. Oh. Did they want him to- No, they did not want him to do that. Well, that's illegal, isn't it? Yes, Boo-Boo, it is. Well- Isn't there a way to end this non-violently? Look, Boo-Boo, obviously we all want to have law and order. (laughs) But these orcs have impinged upon our sovereign borders, and we have to respond with swift and decisive action. Well, that does seem to make sense. We should deal with fascist states by dismantling the fascist system of leadership, not by wiping out all of its people. Well... That does seem to make sense, too. Look, the Council has approved an exploratory recon mission to infiltrate the Mount of Fire and destroy the book. That's all we have the legal mandate to do. Oh. Well, if that's what's legal, then we should do that. That is a good point. Still, I'm sure the Council never said we couldn't defend ourselves if we happen upon some violent orcs during this mission. No, no, of course, that would be fine. Well, if it's in self-defense... Are you against violence or aren't you? Well, self-defense. We're invading the Dark Lord's realm. The orcs will be the ones defending themselves. Oh, if you love the Dark Lord so much, just go and marry him, why don't you? Look, I'm all for military de-escalation. Excellent, so we all agree. Then... Our mission is to sneak into the heart of Karnok, the Dark Lord's realm, into the depths of the Mount of Fire and destroy the book. And if we happen to run into some orcs... That's just an excuse to kill orcs! Look, Gramsci, everyone here seems to be on board with this except you. Now, Etherian is suggesting wiping out all the orcs, and you're suggesting befriending them. I didn't say... And now, we are only going to engage with the orcs that cross our paths should we perceive them as violent... I think that's a pretty generous compromise. Compromising is exactly what gave the Dark Lord his power. I'll come now, Gramsci. Surely you're not saying that Etherian here is as bad as the Dark Lord. Oh, everyone's the Dark Lord as far as these people are concerned. Didn't floss your teeth? Dark Lord. Make a perfectly innocent joke about Sylvan Elves? Dark Lord. Advocate for genocide? 
Dark Lord. Look, Gramsci, everyone here is being reasonable. Yeah, watch your tone, Gramsci. I'm trying to be fair and impartial here. You tell him, buddy. No one is seriously going to wipe out all the orcs. I give you my word, we will not wipe out all the orcs. Now, do you want to be part of this mission to save the peoples of the free world or not? I think we should save people. Thank you, Boo Boo. Excellent point, Gramsci. Fine, fine. Outstanding. I think we've had a very productive meeting today. Everyone gets some rest. Tomorrow we hold a press junket. Then it's off to the Dark Lord's realm. Press junket? From the deep fires of discord, Holofern had forged a single blade of unity with which to stand brightly against the darkness of the flames of the Mount of Fire. Sorry, that metaphor got away from me. When people look back and call me Holofern, the consensus builder, I like to think they're remembering that first day. In the end, it was easy to follow Holofern, because I knew no matter what, he'd always have my back. I fucking hate centrists! I have no fucking clue what I was doing there. But that unity would soon be tested. For little did they know, their entire lives were about to change. Well, that took a dark turn, which, given the title, I should have seen coming. I do hope that that works out for everyone. Well, the heroes, which were... Well, anyway, it leaves us with all with a great deal to think about. And uh, while we're thinking, it seems only fair that while you're sharing your stories of wardrobe malfunction, I should do the same. Now, I'm fairly certain that you all have already heard about the time that I made an appearance to promote uh, one of my films in a full rubber monster suit, only to discover that I could not see well enough and wound up in the wrong theater. The good news that I want to pass along today is that I'm told the studio is almost done with paying for the therapy those children definitely needed after a tentacle monster showed up in their screening of Snow White. Now, if you'd like to be secure in your wardrobe cho choices, may I suggest something with structure, something that reminds you how secure it is, something like the amazing products from today's sponsor, that's right, that's a thing we're doing now, Bustier Boulevard! Hi, I'm Dulcinea Delaware, CEO and founder of Bustier Boulevard. Whether you prefer lace, leather, or licorice, Bustier Boulevard is the one-stop shop for prepping, propping up, and properly pampering your pectoral region. This June, Bustier Boulevard is busting out all over with style, innovation, and savings. Let's hear from a couple of our customers. My name is Mousy McTavert, and whether I want to lift and separate or cradle and cushion, Bustier Boulevard always takes care of my upper torso. Also, I really appreciate the pockets for my hamsters. Skippy-Doo right here, and I'd like to thank Bustier Boulevard for never neglecting those of us whose tatas are the size of tater tots. Their Bustiers always have the perfect fit! Also, when I know I'm gonna bake potatoes on the go, they have industrial kitchen-grade ovens stitched right in! Hi friends and fans, it's me, Hippolyta Jones, three-time Battle of the Boobs champion. Thanks to Bustier Boulevard, I've carried my team to victory with Lady Gaga Firesparks, Katy Perry-style projectile icing, Burt Bacharach banana cannons, and Eve Sugar Plum torpedoes. Whatever your weaponry needs, Bustier Boulevard will get you equipped to dominate. Thanks, Hippolyta. By the way, Mamory Militants, while our Taser line wasn't quite ready for this season, the R&D team has partnered with Nerf for a wide array of new projectile options, including Silly String, Clown Noses, and Snow Globes. Speaking of R&D, big news for your butt! Introducing our brand new line of Bum Boosters. These comfy cups will support your ass in ways you never thought possible. And come with three options for blinking neon signage. Milkshake, Derriere, Alto Saxophone. Here at Bustier Boulevard, we're here for your cleavage, no matter which side of your body it's on. So skedaddle on down to Bustier Boulevard this June to swaddle, cuddle, paddle, and ker-spladdle your bust.
<laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's fabulous. Uh, and it looks like we've got a couple stories. Well, we've got one good story and one from the crew, which, uh, you know, that's a crew story. We'll we'll leave that one as it is. Uh, sounds like we, we've got one person who uh, maybe, maybe dancing is either absolutely your calling uh, or something you maybe want to do um, with one of those Bustier Boulevard Bustiers. Who's to say? Uh, but uh, I do enjoy that we moved somehow conveniently towards the Battle of the Boobs, which seems to unify everything. Uh, so thank you for your stories. Feel free to keep those coming. We'll keep talking about them throughout the evening. Uh, but it is summer. And with that, you had to expect a fresh installment from our favorite camp by the lake. In the next episode that you're about to hear, we're going back to the green forests and brown cabins to meet the colorful sorts of people who get themselves involved in the world's most, most complex lifestyle. This is Camp Placeholder, Time Travel Camp. Welcome, campers, to Camp Placeholder, the only camp that exists outside of time because rental rates are cheaper in the autumn, but you kids are only available in the summer. I'm Baron, and I'll be making your camp announcements. Those of you from post-singularity timelines will still receive automated notification from your HUD as usual. You've just got to accept the cookies. For everyone else, there are actual cookies waiting for you in your cabins where you will meet your counselors. If you have knowledge of their future, please do not reveal it. Counselors, your first activity period begins in five minutes. Sorry about that, kids. I drew the short straw on camp announcement duty. Gee, lady, it sure is cool how you can radio from here using that box. Kid, you don't know the half of it. Gosh, so is it just the three of us? Sorry, I lost the welcome packet. It's okay. Sometimes we lose things and we just have to move forward. Sure shouldn't. Write that one down. Getting back to the question, though. It is just the three of you in this cabin. There are other kids here, but you probably won't see them. So, let's do a quick roll call. Just, you know, make sure we have the right kids. Sid, 1987, Lakeview, California. Yo! Ace, 1920, New York, New York. Present! Mac, 2062, Lunar Base 6. Aware and alert. It's too bad our fourth camper couldn't make it. Based on the note I found, it looks like they were here last week by accident and ended up attending a team-building paintball retreat with a bunch of bankers. So it's just the three of you campers and the three of us counselors. And we're specially qualified to be able to help prepare you for your exciting futures. Photo reporter? Muppeteer? Zythorian translator? Better. <gasps> Time travelers! <gasps> That's right. You've all got what it takes to be among the few humans ever to manage time travel successfully. But we're not here to tell you how to do that. You're all going to figure it out on your own, and that's part of the fun. Uh, we're here to help give you some of the skills and know-how you're going to need while you're out there in the time stream. I'm Z. I travel in space and time using a modified alien ship I inherited from my father. Wow! Glad you like it, Z. You're assigned to be with me for the week. Oh, wow! I'm Switch. I've got a weird genetic thing that lets me time travel to any mall at any time. Sid, I hope you're ready to take this on like Captain EO or Jem. Tubular! And I'm Baron, flying fiend and fearsome foe to fascism, wherever and whenever it may strike. Ace, you've been placed in my charge for the week. I'll prepare you for the battles ahead. Golly! Speaking of which, we should do our first activity. Let's just check the schedule here. Timeline mapping. Ooh. Sorry, that's tomorrow. Time fighting? Time fighting? You know, fighting other time travelers. Blipping out just long enough to avoid getting punched. Popping back to get a jab in. No way! Now you're speaking my language. Ah, uh, here it is. Genealogy. Aww. Push your ailerons there, kids. Knowing your family tree is about to become mission critical. Why is that, Baron? You're about to spend a lot of time in your own past and future. The last thing you want is to accidentally do anything that changes how you are in your present. I've been to every single family reunion since I started time traveling. And while you kids may not get it yet, 
I started paying a lot more attention to which ancestors were supposedly really gorgeous or missing for a while. Might we create evil mirror versions of ourselves? Or rupture the fabric of space-time? Could we accidentally make ourselves stop existing? We're not here to teach you the rules of time travel. Newsflash, kids. There aren't any. But time travel can get icky if you're not paying attention. So, genealogy. Now, anyone want to help me out with this overhead projector? All right, campers. We've reached zero hour for your first time travel missions. Report to your cabins for a briefing from your counselor. Remember, being lost in time voids the waivers you signed, so please stay glued to your counselor for the duration of any missions. Man, Ace, that last session actually flew by. I kinda wish we had a bit more time to learn stuff. What's the matter, Sid? You scared for your first wheels up? No way! I'm ready to go kill Hitler or whatever. Who's this? Hitler person, when why do so many campers want to kill him so bad? Uh, we will talk about time assassinations later. Uh, for now, each of you has a manila envelope. Inside is a time and place appropriate for your counselor to take you to, let you explore, and then bring you back. This is Aces! Radical! Golly! All right, Ace, when are we headed? No way! Reno, Nevada, July 4, 1910. We're going back to see Jack Johnson in the fight of the century! Here's some goggles, kid. Let's fly. Switch? What's happening at Bergen Mall in Paramus, New Jersey? Is it June of 1987? Yeah. Tiffany, in concert! before the new kids on the block fiasco. No way! Way! Are you ready? You're not ready. You'll never be ready. Take my hand. We're going. All right, Mac, that leaves us. What's our first mission? We're going to... the volcanic caves of Cyrone II. Oh. That place is amazing. The glacier falling into the magma creates this little viewing platform where it's temperate enough to neither freeze to death nor burn to a cinder. Oh, wow, that's awesome. I'm sensing some hesitation. Are you okay, Mac? Yeah, I'm just, I'm scared of caves. Oh, I, I used to be scared of caves too. I'd forgotten about it, but, uh, yeah. When I was real little, I got caught in a big metal ball on a playground, and they had to come get a big tractor to lift it up and get me out. It felt just like being in a cave, and I pretended I was a bear. But it got scary after a while. Yeah. Scary and hot. I thought I was going to die. Something like that happened to me, too. Uh, the first time I went to Cyrone too, it was by accident. I just got lucky arriving in the sweet spot. I was so sure I was going to die that when I didn't, everything else seemed fine. So, now you're not scared of anything? I think it's more that I know everything can be scary. So, now I wait to see if I should be scared from moment to moment, instead of having specific things to be scared of. You're pretty wise. Wise may not be the word, but hey, write that down anyway. Be scared of danger, not stuff? Uh, that's a good way to put it, yeah. In my experience, the stuff that gets you, there's no way to avoid. So, what's the point of being scared? Shoot. Looks like we ran out of time to do the mission. Sorry about that. That's okay. I, I think I learned a lot, anyway. Attention, campers! Golly, we're packing a bushel into a pack here at Time Camp. I, for one, am exhausted. So it's a good job we're headed into a real humdinger of a session. It's... The special period. In this one, you and your counselor are going to talk about transportation. For us, that's Spaceship Piloting 101. Rockets! Your time machine looks just like my dad's skimmer. I'm glad you parked so close to the cabin. Like I'm going to leave this baby in the lot. I flew the skimmer once, so I basically got my badge. Dad's skimmer is good for the basic idea. Awesome. My spaceship is like the same machine, but with some modifications for time travel, of course. The Zythorians were testing some temporal propulsion, which turned out to be really unstable. So, mine is one of a kind. Because all the other ones blew up. Wow. That's lucky for you. 
Time travel has a lot to do with luck, it turns out. Like winning raffles and stuff? Not really. I guess I should say that I was pretty unlucky in most other regards. Maybe it would be more accurate to say that time travel is about making your own luck and learning how to manipulate it. You get unlimited do-overs, right? You can, kinda. At least, you can keep trying to fix the same problem from earlier and earlier. What's something you'd like to get a do-over on, Mac? Uh, when we moved to the Lunar Colony, there was this big concert with Andre 6000 and Dafter Punk. I didn't go because I was at home. Like someone was gonna steal mom. The moon is pretty scary, isn't it? Ah, uh, shucks. Uh, not really, anymore. I remember when my family first moved to the moon. I had a really hard time getting used to my new life, and I missed all the people back in our orbital colony. I think I blamed my dad for it. Now I have to remind myself not to be mad at myself for that. Yeah? You're allowed to feel your feelings, Mac. Otherwise, why would you have them? I know. Well, try not to forget it. Hey, Mac, you wanna know something cool? Yeah? I went to that concert. No way! It was amazing. One of the best concerts I've ever seen. Andre 6000 brought a bunch of folks up on stage from the way back, Section G, and they got to sing along from there. If I had it to do over, the only thing I would do is try to sit in that section. Then that's where I'm gonna sit when I go. I'm writing it down. Good idea, buddy. Shoot, the Baron's back. That means... Hello, campers. My, how time does fly when you've decided to sit still. It's just after midday on day three, making this almost exactly the middle point of our time here at Camp Placeholder. By now, you've gotten to know each other and when you're all from. So, it's time to have a little fun with our time machines. Counselors, you may now take your campers on a journey of your choice that does not include the eras marked in red on your timescape charts. The mission, should you choose to accept it, is to retrieve the most delicious ice cream in all of space and time. Go! Uh, sorry, we didn't actually go over the controls or make it inside. You'll figure it out. Yeah. Besides, you can show me on this mission. Yeah. Oh, hey there, folks. Hi, Hi Mac. Mac. Ice cream. Now we're talking. This won't even be hard. The ice cream bowl back in Queens has the best ice cream in the world. You're wrong there. There's this rolled Korean ice cream in the early 2000s that takes the cake. Um, what about Dippin' Dots? Aren't they the ice cream of the future? We don't have them in 2062. Dang. We're going to Isti's on Lunar Colony 12. I must have had their Blackberry Asteroid a thousand times. I know that place. It's not far from the medical unit there, right? Yeah. Whatever, losers. Come, hold my hand, Sid. Now, take a deep breath. Rev up your getaway sticks, Ace. I've never failed a mission before, and I'm not about to start now. Hot dog! Are you okay, Mr. Z? You're a perceptive kid, aren't you? Well, why are you sad about Blackberry Asteroids? I was just remembering why I ate so many of those things. My dad says there's always another ice cream shop. That's good advice. Do you have that written down? I'll add it now. I uh, lost my dad when I was a little older than you. But you're a time traveler. There's some things even time travel can't fix, Mac. I'll write that down too, buddy. He was older by the time he had me, and his job put a lot of stress on his body. That's why I got into time travel, though. I wanted to fix it, go back and change things. When that didn't work, I threw myself into my missions. <laughs> Sid, that Auntie Anne's is never going to be the same. <gasps> Switch! I left the ice cream on the bench. Good thing that place was still there the day before. Hold tight. Do missions make you feel better? It makes you feel... different. You feel fear and hope and confusion. You learn things, you solve problems, and if you never slow down, there's no time for anything else. No time for thinking about inheritances and arrangements and the never-ending flood of condolences. Wow. I don't think I could handle all that. I guess I'm hoping that you can. Attention, campers! Do not look up 
Everything is fine. No one is being pursued by anyone. I've had just about enough lead out of this guy. Ace, jump on the heater. Sorry to unload all of that on you. I'm pretty sure this is my first time as a camp counselor. Open up about your dead father is probably on the short list of things not to do. Uh, tell me about your dad. He's the coolest. He's an ambassador to the Zythorian hive mind. So he's always got all these stories from visiting their orbital and eating the stuff they serve to their drones. Yeah? Yeah. He's told me about this one time, about a Zythorian who thought the dryer was shrinking their clothes, but Dad said it was actually a refrigerator. Ah, Zythorians. It's hard to tell good jokes about them. You know, these other kids don't get Zythorians in their timelines. They don't? No. Apparently, most timelines didn't quite figure out how to finish off the Nazi problem, so they came back like roaches. The Zythorians skipped their timelines? Zythorians have no time for Nazis. Campers, it's been an amazing week, but unless your portal takes you right back to Sunday, our time together has come to an end. Go back a few minutes if you need to, and get yourself packed up, as we'll be porting you back to your normal camps in five minutes. I am going to miss all of you. This was the least heinous summer camp I've ever been to. We didn't even have to be bribed with bagel dogs to think so. Ah, bagel dogs. Okay. No bagel dogs does lose you some points, ex post facto. What are bagel dogs? See, now Ace is gonna go back to their black and white period before bagel dogs are even invented. I can just time travel to your 1980s and get some bagel dogs for myself. Right on target, Ace. Knowing I get to be a time traveler someday is gonna change everything. Is it though? Of course. We can go any when we want, have huge adventures, and really help people. If I eat bagel dogs, I'm still going to burp up bagel dog later. I think you learned the most important thing I wanted to teach you. And I didn't even need to time travel for it. You didn't. There's, ironically, no time for the details. Sid, we get to leave first since we're the closest. Goodbye, everyone. We had a wonderful time. Later days and better days, slackers. We're out of here. Where next, Ace? Keep your nose clean, Mac. Mr. Z! My plane had better be there when I arrive or so help me! That just leaves us, I suppose. Z? Are you me? You figured it out, huh? So... If time travel can't save Dad, what should I do? Whatever you want. I learned a lot from my adventures, and I got less scared every time. I guess when it comes down to it, I came here to save myself. Should I write that down? Nah, I think you've got it. Oh, what did you write? Sometimes we lose things and we just have to move forward. Be scared of danger, not stuff. There are some things even time travel can't fix. That sounds like the best I could have hoped to have done. You're going to be great, buddy. And hey, even if I didn't get to time travel, this has still been the best summer ever. All right, so uh, I just wanted to uh, take this opportunity to thank uh Anne who sent this in this uh nightmare fuel that you're seeing behind me uh ooh, I've gone the wrong way ah yes that is a real thing that someone did on purpose uh and uh, apparently in attempting to show that to all of you I've made it so that you can't see my library anymore so this is going to stay here during the thank you sections and we're all just going to have to pretend that that's how that was supposed to work uh, so, we'd like to thank you all once again for joining us for this presentation. Starlight Radio Dreams is entirely supported by Patreon backing and admission to live performances. So your continued support means that we can plan ahead and make financial decisions secure in the knowledge that we can pay the bills at the end of the month. And that's all thanks to you and we will never forget it. We also thank our cast and crew members and there are a couple projects that we would like to call your attention to that they are working on. Uh, 
musical genius and puppeteering evil genius, Sam Locke's short film, The Fiendish Machinations of Lex Luthor, is still raking in the laurels and is now part of the Sydney Indie Short Festival. Sydney Indie Short Festival. Please join us in crossing our fingers that they are selected for a screening in Australia. It features our very own Cat Evans and company co-founder Derek Gatekey. So, we're more than a little excited, and you uh, can probably tell we do keep talking about it. Uh, also, the well-loved improv troupe Devil's Daughter is hosting a streamed variety show, and theirs is supporting charity. Uh, it's actually happening as we speak, uh, but there will be a replay available on YouTube. Check out Fresh Hell from Devil's Daughter. Finally, the inimitable Ellie Maitland has been working on an incredible-looking audio drama experiment called American Bottom with a Red Orchid Theatre. That's A Red Orchid Theatre. Uh, find out more at aredorchidtheatre.org. That's theatre with an R-E. So aredtheatre.org. There we go. Friends, with all of those little plugs uh, having been handled, we are quickly approaching the end of the show. We have two more pieces, and this next one is from the World of Self-Help and Mindfulness Podcasts. It's an incredibly popular genre adjacent to the podcasts that you don't listen to so much as put in your ears to feel slightly tingly, and podcasts that are designed to be so boring that they lull you to sleep. So, we'd be foolish not to include some of this in our ever-expanding offerings. So please enjoy Beyond Perception. Ahoy there, astral sailors, and welcome to my podcast about things that aren't what they seem. I'm Sandwalker your guide to the metaphysical. Please take this opportunity to breathe deeply in through your nose and out through your mouth. Unclench your jaw and relax into the sounds of this show. Allow yourself the presence of this moment. You deserve it. You also deserve the genuine comfort of your own microfiber terry cloth underpants. Have you been feeling your sacral chakra is a little unclear? That your vision of your yoni is blurred or your phallic touch imprecise? Microfiber is well known for being safe to use on even the most delicate of lenses, even the ones on the telescopes which view the edges of the galaxy. So why not let the cleansing power of microfiber brush clear your most instinctual visions? Get yours today at www.sandwalker.com. Now, picture yourself floating in an endless sea of darkness. Breathe. Appreciate that the void has air for you as on the edge of your perception you realize into being our guest for today. Dr. Singleton manifests as a beautiful, tall, and ethereal being with a unique expression of uncertainty coupled with amusement. Say hello now, Dr. Singleton. Uh, hello, uh, thank you for having me. I was fascinated by your message, which promised a world of untold possibilities in the search for layers of reality beyond the obvious, mundane, and tactile with your multi-wave mini. This invention has unlocked light in new ways, has it not? Well... And you have found a way that this exposition of the tantalizing nearness of the beyond can be in our very hands? You could... Please, Doctor, don't be coy with us. Elucidate. Well, I have made a flashlight. It, uh, brightens the spirit by illuminating the world around you. 
like a tiny star in your hand. Yeah, it builds connection to the world beyond your eyes' capabilities to perceive on their own. You can see the unseen and avoid the hazards of the dark beyond. Enlightenment made tangible. Yeah. Go on. This has been fun, but seriously, it's a flashlight. It must be more than that. Well, it's also a laser that emits in multiple wavelengths, including infrared, which is invisible to the human eye. It's rechargeable, too. You can get it at Laserama or Target starting this summer. Ah. Sometimes, astral travelers, things are not truly as they seem. Even Dr. Singleton here. A link to her flashlight is in the show notes. Until next time, remember to cleanse your sacrum and visit www.sandwalker.com. We'll be back next time with more exploration of the unseen, right here with Walking the Sand with Sandwalker. Ah, uh, uh, that was weirdly satisfying for me. Uh, <clears throat> we, uh, no, getting back to the topic of wardrobe malfunctions, I did promise that I'd have more of them, and Lord knows I've had a long enough career to have plenty. We've, of course, talked previously about uh, the production of Hamlet I was in, in which the wardrobe department and the director got into a fight, and their compromise was adding all of my clothes in post-production, which forced me to shoot all of my scenes. Nude. This next piece is another amazing bit of audio theater submitted by the incomparable Cassandra Rose, who, you may recall, wrote Butterfly Kisses in last month's presentation. This month, we knew we needed to go the extra mile to really bring this one to life, so you can also enjoy the Foley stylings of Ellie Maitland. This charming final short is Chekhov's Date. Well, this is me, Sonia. This is you. It was nice seeing you again. Yes, Petrov. It was nice catching up with you as well. A lot can happen in two years. Two years with you all the way across the country. And now I'm back. must still be disorienting to you. You turn away for a minute and when you look back, you don't know what you're looking at anymore. Disorienting. In a way, yes. You wish you were still in the city, don't you? Some days I do. But I think that will go away, if I keep myself busy. It's amazing the things we forget with enough practice and attention. Well, other things we remember no matter what. Like you remembering to ask me out for drinks before the end of the month. A promise is a promise, isn't it? And what promises are you going to make next? Anytime you'd like to catch up again, let me know. Of course. Well then, sleep well, Petrov. <laughs> Sonia? Yes? It is so nice that we live in the same neighborhood, isn't it? Very much so. It's one of my favorite areas of the city, even with the train. Ah, yes. The train. Always full of movement, full of motion, and people departing. Or arriving. Yes, or arriving. I suppose this means we'll be seeing a lot of each other from now on. Only if you want to. I'd want to. Would you? Absolutely. After all, uh, that's what friends do, don't they? Uh, they see each other from time to time. 
Of course. Friends do. Friends are the ones that do that. Have a safe walk home, Sonia. Petrov? Yes? <laughs> I, I, I just had the funniest thought right now. Do you want to know what it was? What is the thought that you had that is making you laugh here? I was thinking of the time when we worked together and that customer was rather rude to both of us. Do you remember that? How could I forget? Her face got so red shouting at you. And you just patiently stood there explaining how things were, not how she wanted things to be. It is my feeling that most people go through life from moment to moment with the eternal questioning of why are things the way they are? How did we end up here? If only people would ask, what am I going to do from here? Where are we going to go from now? And who would like to come with me? That moment with that customer, that is how I always see you in my heart. Is that true? Yes, well, when I see you at all. Well, I suppose you have work in the morning. Sonia? Yes? You should invite me to what you were talking about in the bar. My Tuesday night board game night? Yes. When do you think you'll be hosting one again? Well, considering the Tuesday night board game night is usually on a Tuesday night, I'm going to guess that the next meeting will be on Tuesday nights. Very funny, dear. You called me dear! I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. It just slipped out, I suppose. I suppose so, too. Petrov! Yes? Wait one more minute with me, will you? Why, my dear Sonia, you're trembling. Whatever is the matter? Look, I'm just going to come out and say it. Say what? And you can answer the question whichever way you like. Okay. Yes or no, it's fine by me, absolutely fine, all right? All right, Sonia, ask me your question already. Did we... Did we what? Well, you know... Know what? With the drinks at the bar. Yes. And the catching up, and the talking about our childhoods, and the expressions of our hopes and dreams for the future. Yes, Sonia, what is it you're trying to say? Did we just go on a date? Oh, thank God. Thank God? What are we thanking God for? Tell me! This whole time, I wanted to ask you the same question. So it was a date? Of course it was, you fool! Then kiss me already! Because I missed you when you weren't here. I missed you as well. Well, not at first. Sure. It can creep up on you over time. This realization of what you miss and how much. I knew it from the start. The moment I came into work and realized you were not there. I wondered why things are the way they are. I wondered how I got here. And I wondered if there was any way to have a second chance. To second chances, then. And first times. We should definitely catch up a lot more. Let's start with right now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was uh, a wonderful note to end on, I think. 
But we're not over yet. We've got uh, exactly zero minutes, so I've got time for just one more story. And it's one that I doubt I've told any of you about before. You see, we were shooting a one-take fight scene poolside for one of those 60s spy wave punch fests. I was meant to stand up from my table and kick a man in the head, knocking him into the pool. The director called action. I began to rise, and I noticed that the zipper of my trousers had come unstitched from the fly. Every take was expensive back then, so I tried to make the most of it. I stood quickly, and in one fluid movement, pulled my waistband, kicked my scene partner, and followed him into the pool. The trousers sadly stayed behind, exposing me to all the background extras, crew, and bystanders who had just happened to be swimming at the resort that day. Luckily, the camera was panning, so all you can see in the shot is two frames of my left buttock, and that went to print. I'm not sure how much longer the studio will be paying for the therapy of all the people who were at the pool that day, but it, it must be almost done by now. And with that, so too is our show for tonight. On behalf of the entire cast and crew, to all of you from coast to coast and all the ships at sea and all the airplanes in the air, keep laughing and keep dreaming. Thank you for joining us for Starlight Radio Dreams. June is busting out of your pants. Written, directed, and performed by Kat Evans, Jared McDerris, and Ansel Birch, with special guest writer Cassandra Rose. Featuring the vocal talents of Anna Blazer, Lisa Burton, and Kim Fukawa, with Foley sound effects courtesy of Ellie Maitland. The Starlight Radio Dreams theme was written and performed by Arnie Parrott. Special thanks to Shore Incorporated for their generous support. Join us next month as Burlington shows off his latest invention, Twin Conjoined Monocles. Our next live stream presentation is coming right up on October 29th with Spooptoberfest 5, The Reckoning. Get your tickets today by backing us on Patreon or visiting starlightradiodreams.com. Until then, keep laughing and keep dreaming. <laughs> <laughs>